Allie Burks, the worship leader for the local church, and you're listening to the Sunday Sermon Podcast featuring sermons from our Sunday liturgy. The local church is a bold and inclusive faith community based out of Chatham County, North Carolina, committed to being with and for one another, our community, and our world. In this time of social distancing, we continue to gather virtually for the work of worship every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. over Facebook Live and YouTube. So wherever you find yourself, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, you have a place at the local church, and we'd love for you to join us. Well, good morning, friends. Welcome again to the local church. My name is Brent. I serve as the pastor here. I have the great, great joy of serving as the pastor of this movement of God's love that we call the local church. And it is such a gift to be with you this morning, wherever you are. As Ali said, you are a part of this. You make this more whole and we give God thanks for you. If you haven't already, we would love for you to to like or share or comment. Let us know who you are, where you are, so that we can uh, just become more fully a community and really lean into that belief that that you make us more whole, that your presence here transforms this entire thing. We would love, love, love uh, to meet you, to connect with you. Um, I don't know about you. I was telling Allie this uh, a little bit before the service started today, but I have felt um, pretty disconnected this week, just in all kinds of ways. And um, and I don't know, maybe you're feeling that too. And so that is why I have been looking forward to this time uh, here at, uh, at 9.30 Eastern <laughs> um, on Sunday morning to have this common time for a common purpose, where the Spirit will bind us and bring us together. If you've been feeling that too, let us know. And uh, and what I'd love for us to do this morning before I have the, the privilege of reading scripture is uh, for you to comment with your two-word check-in. We haven't done this in a little while, um, but, but what two words describe where you are, how you arrive, what you're bringing with you, this morning, do you have two words? And and if you do, just put them in uh, the comments so that we can uh, so that we can join you and and know where you are. Um, I think mine this week would be feeling disconnected and uh, feeling disconnected. That those are my two words. So if you have a two word check in, go ahead and put them in the comments so that we can uh, just know where you are, how you are, and uh, and hopefully become let that become more connected. Uh, similarly, as Ali mentioned earlier. Um, if you have prayer concerns, we know that many of you, uh, many of us have uh, heavy hearts, as Stacia just said this morning. Um, Stacia just mentioned that in the comments. Uh, we would love to pray with you and for you. We are a community who rejoices with those who rejoice and weeps with those who weep. We take your prayer requests and we pray for them throughout the week. We include them uh, on our TLC Plus network so that we can uh, refer back to them throughout the week and add them to our pray- prayer list. And so know that you are prayed for the things that you offer. They don't just go into some vacuum. Uh, we take those seriously and uh, and we want to uh, pray with you and for you. So if you have whether either a two word check in or your prayer requests, throw them in the comments so that we can pray uh, along with you this week. Um, and that said, we also have some celebrations. Uh, we do rejoice with those who rejoice and give God thanks, the one from whom all blessings flow for the good gifts of uh, of this life. Even after a week like this, there are still good gifts. Um, and so we've got a couple birthdays to celebrate this week. Sarah Cuny, our friend of the Root Cellar, had a birthday earlier this week. And so happy birthday, Sarah. Jim Boyce had a birthday as well. 
So happy birthday, Jim. We hope it was a good one. Jim is uh, the kind of person who is like a pastor to me. He always kind of drops some perfectly timed wisdom. And so uh, I rejoice in you, uh, Jim. Happy birthday. Grace Davis uh, entered teenager territory this week, turning 13. So happy birthday, Grace. Uh, and uh, Lyra Wells turned seven. So happy birthday, Lyra. We hope all of you had uh, such good days and uh, we rejoice with you and uh, and give God thanks that you were born. You make this world so much better. It's so much better with you here. And we hope you know uh, and, uh, and feel how much you are loved. Uh, happy birthday, friends. Again, keep the, uh, keep the prayer requests and the two-word check-ins coming. And uh, let's see, I'm going to consult my notes here. Anything else? No, we're just, we hope that all that we do, um, all that we do, the the prayers we pray, the songs we sing, the message that you're going to hear in just a moment from Rajiv, uh, our brother, is uh, that it equips you, that it empowers you to, to not only feel the presence and power of God, but that it transforms you in such a way that you will love where you are, uh, that you will be the hands and feet of Jesus wherever you find yourself. Everybody's local somewhere. You're a part of this. And we give God thanks for each and every one of you, friends. I'm going to uh, offer our scripture this morning. It comes from uh, Lamentations chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. And so here we are, friends. Here is the scripture here now, the word of the Lord from Lamentations chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. I got my Bible. It's on the screen there for you. But I just wanted to prove to you that I have, I do have a Bible. Um, maybe you bring yours with you too. All right, here we go. How lonely sits the city that was once full of people. How like a widow she has become. She that was great among the nations. She that was a princess among the provinces has become a vassal. She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has no one to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. Judah has gone into exile with suffering and hard servitude. She lives now among the nations and finds no resting place. Her pursuers have all overtaken her in the midst of her distress. My friends, this is the word of God for all of God's creation. Thanks be to God. Going to send it back to Ali and then over to Rajiv. Ali. This song has been um, on repeat in my head and on my heart this week, so I hope that you will catch on to the refrain and sing with me.
Good morning, local church family. My name is Rajiv Tawari, and I serve as one of the interns here from Duke Divinity School, and I want to welcome you to Sunday Liturgy, and thank you for being here and for allowing me to share uh, what I hope will be an inspiring word of God. You know, it's funny, I, I'm just the intern, but I'm always the person that preaches after some crazy political event that's like shaping our nation. Last time it was the it was the election, and this time uh, it was, uh, you know, on Wednesday when we saw mobs of, of white supremacists and troublemakers just storm our nation's capital in support of a lost cause. And I just want to be clear, not only was it a disgrace and a shameful act um, of insurrection that, that warrants a, a crisis of national security, I also see it as a theological crisis. And, and theological crises require theological responses. And I hope that today's message will give you a starting place to respond because I know many of us still uh, don't know where to begin. And I can imagine many of us who claim Christ are stuck wondering what is the appropriate thing to do as a believer. And so this is a moment in our life where we can seek after God and, and seek after God's spirit so that we might better know what God is calling us to do in times like these. And I was telling this to Ali and Brent earlier, you know, I've seen people joke on Twitter that today is actually December 40th, 2020, because 2020 just never seems to end. Um, and and it, it feels like that, doesn't it? But let's look at the history really quickly, not all of it, but just some things of the 20th century. Um, there was a pandemic. In the 1920s, the 1918 flu, like we all know, where millions of people died. And then we saw the Great Depression in the 1930s, where there was a ton of economic instability. And, and we saw the fight for civil rights and equal rights happen at such an important time uh, in the 1950s and 60s. And, and 2020 has brought us all three. We have a pandemic, we have economic instability, and we have civil unrest. Uh, so this is a challenging time for everybody. But many of you know uh, this about me. I, I love watching movies. I love watching cinema and studying the history of it and knowing the culture of movie making. And uh, one of my favorite directors is Christopher Nolan. You might know him by uh, his movies Inception or Interstellar or more famously the Dark Knight trilogy if you're into Batman and comic books. Um, his movies are unique because they are all original storylines that he comes up with that always involve some kind of mind-bending twist or turn. And right when you think you're understanding it, he hits you uh, with something that leaves you just angry or confused and completely throws you for a loop. So I can imagine people leave the theater either confused, angry, or if you're really smart, uh, amazed at what you just saw. Uh, but Nolan's latest movie, you might have seen it, it's called Tenet was by far the wildest, most confusing film I have ever seen. I, I do not understand any part of that movie, and I won't go into details about what it's about, uh, but the concepts include time travel and theoretical physics and psychology and so on. And I've seen the movie four times now, and I still cannot grasp what is going on. Uh, but it has thrown me into reading all sorts of articles about the movie and watching YouTube videos of scientists explaining what is happening. And my confusion has led me to learning not just more about the movie, 
but I've been learning some really cool things about physics along the way and how time travel works. And I'm sorry to say it, but Back to the Future was all a big lie. That just does not work with theoretical physics. <laughs> um, but I say that to say I was kind of benefiting from the confusion. I was learning a ton. And my appreciation for Nolan as a director has deepened. And my appreciation for the movie has also slightly deepened. Um, but this might be a silly segue into the sermon for today. But I wonder uh, if confusion and disruption, can this actually be a good thing for our spiritual lives? And I'm going to pose this question. You know, where we are as a church, can this confusion and this discomfort as it relates to the events that we witnessed on Capitol Hill the other day and the ongoing pandemic and the fight against injustice, could this actually be a good place for us? As we watch the world around us change and sometimes be a dark place, it is important to ask, how are we changing and how are we responding to these disruptions in our nation's history as they are occurring at such an uncontrollable rate? So the Book of Lamentations is a book filled with a people crying out to God in frustration and in anger and in confusion. And the book does two things well, from what I can tell. First, it shows us that lamenting and crying out in anger is what God's people do. But it also shows us how we can respond to the challenges uh, we face as they arise. So one of the best scholars on lament is a man by the name of Dr. Sung Chan Ra. He's a Korean-American scholar who, who went to Duke Divinity School, actually. Uh, he has spent his career researching church history, but also is one of the few theologians today who spends more time than is probably necessary in the Book of Lamentations, going so far as to even write multiple commentaries on the book itself and the practice. And he noticed that as the body of Christ, we do not know how to lament well. You know, whenever we are struck with a tumultuous event, Christians want to jump to the other side and see the other side immediately. And, and what I want to posit here in this moment on this Sunday morning is that lament is missing from our worship of God. You know, many of us are familiar also with what is known as the lectionary. And if you don't know what it is, it's just a schedule of verses and songs that traditionally liturgical churches can follow. Uh, and a study was done by a professor, uh, and she found that churches that use the lectionary will sometimes tend to drop those passages that have anything to do with lament. And instead, they'll replace those lamenting psalms of joy or lamenting psalms with psalms of joy or celebration or praise. And if we look at the book of Psalms, we see that 40% of the psalms are in fact psalms of lament. There's another study who was done that was done by a, a man by the name of Glenn Pemberton in his book, Hurting with God. And he found out that the hymnals used in most liturgical traditions, 80 to 85% of hymns in liturgical traditions, such as Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, and, and so on, were hymns of celebration. And when it came to lament, less than 15% of the hymns sung throughout the calendar year uh, had anything to do with lament. So, we as a church have lost the capacity to lament because we are not including it in our worship. 
So when things like the wild events we saw in 2020 and even into 2021 happen, we as a church are left wondering how to respond to such things. And I think when we encounter challenges in our lives, we are often too quick to jump to the other side. Like I said earlier, we want to skip ahead and see victory immediately. And this kind of quick jump is something that has been fostered in the American church a ton. But if we read scripture closely, in between those lines is a ton of lament. Yes, God offers us peace, and God wants us to be happy and celebrate the goodness that God gives us. But I think we may be missing so much of what God is trying to show us when we learn how to lament well. So as Brent read earlier in the book of Lamentations, I want to just look at the first three verses again. And verse 1 of chapter 1 reads, How lonely sits the city that once was full of people. How like a widow she has become. She that was a princess among the provinces has become a vassal. So verse 1 describes how Israel was once a great nation under David and Solomon. And, and we know that they descended into chaos by breaking rules and sinning willfully against God. Verses 2 and 3, she weeps bitterly in the nights with her tears on her cheek. Among all her lovers, she has no one to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. Uh, they have become her enemies. Judah has gone into exile with suffering and hard servitude. She lives not among the nations and finds no resting place. Her pursuers have all overtaken her in the midst of her distress. Jerusalem has fallen. Israel had once been a great nation, and now there is nothing left. It has been decimated. And the Babylonians took everything, and they did a cruel thing even, by leaving the women and the children and the sick behind, but they took with them the literate and the able-bodied people to the new kingdom. And this was a devastating moment in Israel's history. And when you read this, you'd probably think that the best thing to do in this moment is for these people to just give up. There is nothing left for them. And when we look at our current situation and how our country has deeply rooted racial tensions and how white supremacy and nationalism and Christian nationalism and a raging pandemic and thousands, and a raging pandemic killing thousands by the day, it might seem like the easiest thing to give up. And this is precisely where we find the book of Lamentations. But it is also where we find Jeremiah, who is the presumed writer of the book of Lamentations, as he is in the middle of exile. If we look at chapter 9 of Jeremiah's book, we see that he tells them to build houses and plant gardens and marry and have kids. He tells them that life should continue in the midst of turmoil. Jeremiah is telling them that you cannot give up. You cannot run away and hide from the world, even if the world seems like it is falling apart right before your eyes. So this, friends, is not the time to give up. But how many times have we seen the church do this? How many times have we seen the church just run away and give up? Church history has shown that in the midst of political and social turmoil, God's people sometimes just run away, doing exactly what Jeremiah tells us not to do. We may think 
oh, if I have my church, if I have my community, if I have my friends, my comforts, my dog, my money, why do I need to care about what's happening? I, I wasn't in D.C. I didn't storm the Capitol. God's people do not run away and hide. You are to live and bring peace into a broken world. And one of the ways we do that is through lament. Lamentations teaches us to enter into a place of lament. Lament is a response to God and to the world that is a response to the realities of the world. Let me say that again. Lament is a response to God and to the world that is a response to the realities of the world. So it's not just being sad. It requires you to look into yourself and respond to what is actually happening. You know, we learned in my Old Testament course that the book of Lamentations is written as a city laments on behalf of a nation, uh, mourning the destruction taking place. So what is happening right now uh, in our country is awful. And I am not the first person to tell you that. If you watch any news outlet, you've heard them say that. And we saw white supremacists storm the center of democracy on Wednesday in support of a lost cause. And it was so hard for me to watch this because I remember in 2017 uh, when I watched these same people storm Charlottesville, Virginia, and that resulted in the death of Heather Heyer. And it was crazy for me because I'm sitting in Richmond, Virginia, watching this happen, which is 40 minutes down the road. And that was insane. Um, you know, this week so far, we have lost five souls to this violence. We have lost five people to this unnecessary violence. These people were fighting just to fight. I, I want to be very clear. And to think that this was in any way similar to the protests we saw as a result of fighting for black life is a false equivocation. You know, we need to be clear, this was a violent attempt to overturn an election. This was not a protest. This was an insurrection. And, and this was rooted in evil. This was wrong. And, and we as a church need to stand together to condemn those acts because history shows that the church tends to stay silent. The evils of white supremacy and, and Trumpism and racism need to go. And if it hasn't been said before, we condemn neo-Nazism. We condemn neo-Confederates. We condemn any kind of ideology that says white skin is superior. You know, what those people did was not patriotism. It was anarchy in support of a fallen idol. The history of our nation and the history of our church is littered with these things. And if you don't see that as a problem, I pray that you do. You know, we lament the fact that these ideologies and these people are defining a nation. We lament the fact that our brothers and sisters who are black are dying at an alarming rate at the hands of those who were sworn to protect us. We lament the fact that a virus is killing people around the world at a rapid rate, and some people are too wrapped up in self-righteousness to do something as simple as wear a mask. There is too much to lament. But when we pause to think about them, we are taking our laments to God. And this is a true form of worship. 
Not only are we pondering the things we are sad about, but we are pondering them with God. Lament opens our eyes to what is actually happening. Lament opens your eyes to the injustices that are occurring around us. As our nation sinks into a place that shouldn't surprise us, understand what your call to action is, church. Verse 7 of Jeremiah 29 tells us to seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find welfare. They are to build their lives in Babylon and not expect immediate restoration, but they are to plant seeds and grow and petition on behalf of a fractured nation. So lament, lament, lament is worship. Lament is good. Lament teaches us not to skip to the end. What might we be missing if we don't journey with God through lament? I think there is so much to be offered when we are honest with God. Our prayers, our lives, and our service could look so different when we start with lament. The practice is dying in the American church. And could we, could we, the small community of people in Pittsburgh and Chatham County, could we be the people to help revive it? Maybe then our eyes will see the truths that God wants us to believe. So stay in lament as long as you need. Don't skip over it. Because I'm telling you, once you journey with God through the valley, together you will dance on the mountaintops and it will be a glorious day. So lament, friends. Don't skip over it. Amen. It's Allie again. If you love what you hear, share this episode or send it to somebody who could use some good news this week. We'd also love for you to leave us a rating and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For more information about the local church, visit thelocalchurchpbo.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at localchurchpbo. Until next time, love where you are.